welcome back for another video. So Game Week 3 is wrapped up, so we're going to look at some of the key things we learned this game week and then talk all about Game Week 4 and transfer plans. It's been a volatile game week, let me know how you got on in the comments. So the Chelsea vs Luton game was a big one from an FPL perspective. A couple of huge scores thrown up from Sterling with 19 and Gusto with 14. Well played if you had either of these two. In fact, about 122,000 had both. Luton proving to be a team to target, which perhaps points towards Bowen being an option in Game Week 4. He's actually top among all midfielders now for expected goals and on penalty. Chelsea still have a great run of games themselves, Forest home and their Bournemouth away next, so these two are still great options. Sterling 7.1 mil currently and Gusto 4.1 mil. I mentioned in last week's videos that although Gusto might lose his spot once James is back, he still gets some great fixtures out of Gusto, which should be enough. I've got some further thoughts on that, which is basically that James is also notoriously in and out, so Gusto is likely to be a good long-term hold even once James is back. Chirwell had a big chance to shoot in this one as well and he took the wrong decision, squaring a pass which wasn't on. His points will come though. Jackson was very lively as well and finally got his goal and the points should come there as well. So those that held on to their Man United mids were rewarded for the patience. Bruno with one goal, one assist and three bonus thanks to a penalty won by Rashford. Again on last week's video we said that Bruno's underlying numbers were really good and worth holding despite the two blanks. Short and Mount both missed out of injuries and if you've got either they're absolutely sells. Shaw's a longer term one and he's likely to leave my team in Gaming 4. So the question is what do we do with these two in Gaming 4 facing Arsenal away? Bruno definitely still a hold, topping the league for expected goal involvement this season. If you're selling either, Rash was the one that makes the most sense, though he did line up on the left with Martial through the middle, which is his better position. That said, we've got the likes of Mbumo, Sterling and Madison, which all look like good replacements. So which enablers featured and which ones did well? So Gusto with a 14 pointer, the standout one obviously. Asula started once again for Sheffield United, that's 3 starts on the bounce now, he's only 4.5 mil as a forward. Not one to waste a transfer on, unless you're on a wildcard, or perhaps as a combination transfer to fund another player. Saar started again for Spurs and got an assist, that's back to back games with returns for him. Probably still not nailed though. 4 mil Turner did alright with 3 points, but Ariola's 5 pointer was a notable one. That means he's now the second top scoring keeper and still 4 mil. Perhaps the Turner and Ariola combo is worth a look at, particularly on a wildcard for a flat 8 mil. Semenyo got back to back starts for Bournemouth now and he's also a 4.5 mil forward. Hard to say which is the better one between him and Asula, given that Sheffield United have signed Archer from Villa, he's also 4.5 mil. So let's talk about bench pain. It was a painful game week for many. I got very lucky with Adogi off my bench, and on another day he's glued first to the bench and doesn't come on for me. FPL can be tilting at times. The saying is it's just a game gets thrown around a lot, but we all love the highs of FPL which does come with the lows. The biggest takeaway, whether you had a bad game week or you haven't yet, is not to make rash decisions when you're tilted. If you let emotions rule your decisions, you'll inevitably leave yourself worse off. If you have a stinker, then find a distraction and come back to it the next day with a cool head. I've definitely been guilty of letting emotions get the better of me over the years playing and something I'm working on as well. I was actually out for a meal when I saw a doggy got the assist in clean sheet on my bench. I had to put on a brave face for that one. Talking of stinkers, for the third week in a row I'm using the same Pickford graphic here. Horrible start to the season for Everton and Pickford owners, myself included. This one was actually a bit unlucky. Everton conceded just two shots on target versus Wolves. It was a frustrating clean sheet wipeout for Pickford in the 87th minute. That said, Anana and Johnston owners probably have bigger issues at the moment, so it's not all bad. Palace signing Dean Henderson, a surprising one, probably means that Johnston loses his spot at some point, and Man United still look ropey defensively. 
So Spurs won convincingly away to Bournemouth. Despite Madison reportedly out for three to ten days early in the week, he just about made the game in the end. He did come off early, presumably for that reason, but he was on the score sheet and he took some bonus points as well. Adogi getting the assist for the other goal and finishing with a 12-pointer. Adogi's gone up to 4.6 mil, still a great price, really attacking player. He underlaps Sun a lot, which means he pops up in really central areas. Look at the comparison here between his and Chilwell's heat maps. Chilwell does this a lot as well, but Adogi even more so, and you can see the difference on their touch maps. There's some immense value in the cheap defenders at the moment, like Adogi, Gusto, Cash, Colwell, Henry, etc. If you do get a Dogie, just make sure you can rotate him out and get me 6 and 7 when they've got Arsenal and Liverpool. Either side of those two games though, it's a sea of green fixtures. And lastly, Richarlison's time might be up as an FPL asset. He's on minus 2 BPS after 3 games. He was hooked early and finished with 0 points. Sheffield United versus Man City was a roller coaster game, especially the Haaland captainers, which was most of us. And actually the 200 odd thousand who triple captained him as well. Man City penalty in the first half, Haaland rattled it off the post, so at half time he sat at minus 1 points. 63rd minute Grealish found him with a dinked pass which he nodded in. Foden's benching was surprising, reportedly he did have an illness, as did a Kanji he missed out entirely. Foden did go on to assist Rodri's winner still at least, very fortunate assist, it was a poor touch accidentally finding him. Foden's still an excellent FPL pick though, especially if Fulham at home in game 4. Unfortunate one for the Man City defender owners to lose the clean sheet. City definitely weren't at their best, giving up a couple of silly chances and one of them was punished. Perhaps they are missing Pep a bit on the touchline, who is back after the international break in a few weeks. Quickly on Arsenal and then the transfer plans. It's clear that something's up behind the scenes, with Gabriel benched again. 73 consecutive starts and then 3 consecutive benchings. It was Kivio that was favoured to him this time round. The White and Saka link up last season was massive and that's been lost in this new system. White was frequently overlapping Saka which doesn't happen now, so Saka's looked quite isolated so far in the first few games. Arteta's had Partey inverting from the right instead which hasn't been working really. When Zinchenko came on and tucked into midfield Arsenal looked considerably better. Maybe he's experimenting with the opposite side so his tactics aren't completely dependent on Zinchenko. Anyway for now I'm probably going to be keeping Gabriel regardless as I've got other priorities. We were wondering if Erdegaard would remain on penalties as well. It was Saka who took the next one and he buried it, so that's good news for us Saka owners. Jesus made the bench back from injury, he could even be in the 11 against Man United, which would be good news for Martinelli by the way, though I might be selling him regardless. Onto the transfer plans then, so this is how the teams lined up for Gemic 4 with two free transfers, nothing in the bank. The João Pedro to Jackson move was a positive one, with Pedro benched again and Jackson scoring. I did consider Pickford to Sanchez last week which would have been a 4 point gain at the expense of one transfer, though happy to be taking two transfers to Gamic 4 with Shaw's injury and a change in midfield looks like it's needed. The aim is to make more than those 4 points and outfield transfers instead. So Martinelli to Mbumo is a likely first transfer, 3 blanks on the bounce for Martinelli. Meanwhile Mbumo has been really impressive so far. If we put the two penalties aside he's still putting up great numbers. If we compare all the midfielders in the league, only Bowen's got high non-penalty expected goals and he's got Bournemouth home game at 4. The second transfer could go one of two ways, Mitoma out for Sterling's one route, or I could take the opportunity to clean up the defence by going short to Trippier. I like this more but it does cause a bench and dilemma which could end up being Estepinian. Trippier are a bit of a sleeper pick at the moment, if we pull up their long term fixtures they've got a really good run. Brighton, Brentford, Sheffield United, Burnley, West Ham, Palace and then Wolves. 
He was one player that we had back in the pre-season players to avoid video, but now he's definitely a player to consider. 198 points last season, top scoring defender in the game with a goal and 9 assists, top in the league for expected goal involvement among defenders. On Scout's fixture ticker, they're third after Chelsea and Luton sorted by defence. Already got Chilwell, not considering Luton, so he makes a lot of sense. I use these tools every week to help my FPL decisions, so to become a member and try them out, click the link below. Let me know how you got on in the comments. Lots of great FPL content to come this week, so make sure you subscribe to the channel. See you soon for the next one. Sports Social Podcast Network.